was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. And welcome to episode 334 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Tafaya, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levite, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. I, I find I'm going a little bit low, so I need to pump things up a bit. And Swedish pumps ready and going, is it? Something along those lines. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. Also, we would like to introduce everybody to our latest addition. Would everybody please be upstanding and salute to Staff Liaison, Commander Psykit. All right. Crikey. You see, this is the problem with Ben. It's it's just, he's very excited. Yes, he's I, very excited. Can tell, I can tell. And I was yeah. just going to answer... Uh, or the question lots of listeners may be asking, yes, she is a real girl. As opposed to those fake ones that Ben uses, mostly with the bike pump. Is that why he was drooping? <laughs> yes. Puncture repair kits. If you could bring them to Lave Station. New community call. Bring puncture repair kits to Ben at Lave Station. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game. I, t- I do believe, Ben, are we? Yeah, the whole reason why I'm actually low is I'm no longer in the top 75%. Apparently, I need to do two runs now and not one to get in the top 75. So, I'm, I'm filling myself up again and but not using Rimmer's puncture repair kit. If you say so, if you say so. If you can't get to us in-game, you can always join us on the Twitch chat channel, which you can go and access through laveradio.com slash live. You click on the live chat, or you go to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or you can go to YouTube, look for laveradio, or even Facebook, even though we do get strikes from Warner Brothers for some reason. We'll just go quickly round the team, see what they've been up to for the last week. With hesitation, I will start with Ben. Well, like I said, I will wish you a very happy Atheist Day, and... 
what other things have I? Uh, oh yeah, I did get. I got some lovely shiny expanse merchandise the other day. About a year ago, the Idea Planet did an officially licensed Rosinanti model. Now I couldn't mm-hmm. justify the several hundred pounds and several feet of space this model takes up, no matter how gorgeous it looks. But I could justify, you know, a few quid and got myself some very, very nice-looking badges, uh, vinyls, patches, and things like that, which will be making their way onto my bag and things like that for for my for cons and stuff like that this year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, yes. Well, I'll be on my bag. Whether I go to cons or not, this is another matter. Excellent. Right. Um, Commander Shan, what have you been up to this week? Um. Yeah, in a sec. Um, got, got an announcement about Souverine. Um, we were told earlier on uh, yesterday that Souverine is not here because he's doing his hair. Um, I did some further inquiries, and apparently Souverine is putting his flounce hair style on because apparently he wrote to Elon Musk and said, I'm an elite content provider. Please can I have a free Tesla. And um, Elon wrote back and said, no, you're not important. So he's got his flans hair on at the moment. And as to what I've been doing in real life, well, nothing much. I've kind of got a bit bored of lockdown, to be honest. It's about time we actually let out. In fact, the highlight of my week, out of game, this is how sad it's got, is going to the nearest closed hotel on a Saturday morning with Mrs. Shan with our flask of coffee and plugging in our car to get free electric for enough range for the week. So charging a car is the highlight of the week, and that's how desperate things have got now. So, yeah. Uh, in game, though, I'm busy doing the CG, and on my second account, I'm nearly at Beagle Point again. Nice one. Very nice. Well, um, Commander Psykit. Honestly, I cannot think of anything that I've done this week other than stay at my computer and play various computer games, um, predominantly elite, of course. But um I, I think I'm I think my brain's addled from um I had the fir- my first COVID jab last weekend. So I, I'm still not quite there yet. I had my first COVID jab on last Wednesday. And yeah, right. it messed it messed me up Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Friday, I was just kind of messed, but not so bad. You felt um, like a right plot. Yes. But I was just I was going to ask, what other games do you play, Psychot? Oh, my gosh. Overwatch. I play a lot of first-person shooters, so Overwatch, um, Warzone. Those are those are my two. Um, and, and puzzle games are the other things that I play a lot of as well. So things like Train Valley and um, Bloom's Tower Defense and stuff like that when I'm just wanting to while away time when I'm not playing Dungeons & Dragons or something like that. Do you have an idea of, of which Dungeons & Dragons class would apply to which crew member? Oh, God, give me time. Are I'll get okay? there. I'll get there. Yes. There, there, there's an interesting question for for, uh, for later on. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. What have I been up to for the last week and a bit? Well, obviously, I've escaped the, the, the carnage of Leave Station which uh, I was stuck for a week in a in one of those transport tubes with only recycled wine to get me through. That was not pleasant. Um, in-game, I have been obviously taking part in all the rescues and 
Uh, let's see. Uh, been doing a little bit of a side project where I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to my own little hand at maybe something that might lead to Rexler. <laughs> it's it's such a long shot, but it's, but it'll be interesting to see if it if it pans out. And on is top it that, the elite law word search? You know, with trying to find <laughs> Rexler in a diagonal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the elite, the elite Raxler Sudoku uh, puzzle that will drive everybody nuts. And uh, yes, I do have to thank uh, uh, Commander Beetlejuice because um, she finished painting all the new miniature models, which um, I think I referred to. Uh, I'm getting a package for, from her not so long back, uh, and I put the pictures of those up on Reddit, and they've gone the. As usual, when you put these, those models up, they get a fantastic response. Uh, and fingers crossed, if LaveCon happens, we have now new models ready for uh, for for battle in the miniatures game at Lave, uh, this July. Shan? Yeah, about the models, actually, I forgot to mention. There was a, um, I got a friend who shared a house with me at university too many years ago, and um, he has access to a professional industrial grade 3d printer and obviously he knows i enjoy elite and he's an elite player as well and so he he's made me a 3d printed cobra mark 3 uh, original in mm. black plastic with white lines on it and he said oh you can go ahead and paint it if you like and do we like with it and uh, i sort of said no i want to keep it as it was in elite 84 so i don't want to paint it because it looks absolutely brilliant and so i was and it really cheered me up actually when it came uh, a few days ago, because I was kind of like one of those down, horrible wet weather sort of things like that. And he essentially completely out of the flu, and it's like, oh, wow, that was a real lift up. So thank you to him. Excellent. Yes, um, uh, I must admit, um, we did... Uh, some some people from Frontier have seen them, so uh, they, they do quite uh, like the look of it. Um, I'll post... Bitstorm, I'll post a link uh, in the... Uh, in the show notes. So, uh, yes. Right. Well, let's have a look at what has been happening this week then uh, with the development news. Well, it's been quite a lot going on this week. Um, we had Super Cruise news today uh, and they unveiled the Pioneer uh, skin suit. Uh, now, the, there are hints that on Thursday, uh, Thursday stream will be about station interiors with a special guest and non-purple Twitch drops. Yay! Uh, so, first of all, guys, what have you? What do you think to these Pioneer suit skins? These are the ones that you get for your pre-ordering the with the Alpha, isn't it? Yeah. Are any of them female? It's like Star Citizen, isn't it? With the with the with the models are all male and there's no female. Well, no, there are female player models in Star Citizen, and just oh, like there is now. female. Yeah, just like there's female avatars in the game. They'll have female models for the skins as well, I'm sure, and we'll see so that. Do, uh, do you think they'll just go in at the waist and then that'll be it? Because I'm just wondering what. That's how armour works for a woman. You don't have you don't have specific armour to, to measure um, a shape. And armour for a woman would come out further at the chest, go in a little bit more at the waist and, a com- um, and take into account like a larger hip. Um, or a wider hip for most, so they will, they will have a slightly different shape to them. But at face value, they'll be they'll look almost identical. I would hope. Yeah, because if you're talking about computer game female armor, not using video have, game logic. They should have bare wrist, shouldn't they, and things like that. 
Yeah, the usual This is a simulation set in space. Hi, kids, you are allowed to hit Shan if you want. I'm so tempted. Oh, I can I can see there's going to be so much fun to be well, it's had. Like, it's like boob armor, though, isn't it, in Mandalorian? I was waiting for that. I was counting down, as soon as you said female Hello. models on that, I was counting down when you'd bring up this boob armor thing. <sighs> we also have with us N2G7, otherwise known as N2, from all the way over the other side of the world, who's, um, who's helping us out with tech. You want to say something about suits? So, just a small question. What about the engineering for suits? Well, they haven't actually gone into much detail about the engineering for suits yet. We know that there there will be engineers. They will be able to work on suits and weapons and tools. And that's all they've, they've told us so far. What do you guys think about that? Like, you know, having that engineer grind for your suit and your weapons as well. It's engineer, I'm on that grind right now for Felicity. Mm. So it's locked. it depends on what the materials are, doesn't it? Because if they're mm-hmm. saying you want ten pharmaceutical isolators for a level one space helmet or something, you know it's going to be a bit of a pain. But if it's like three sulfur, it's not going to be too bad. So I have to wait and see. I think they've also talked about historically about unlocking things as well, um, which lead like um, you can unlock upgrades to your suits. You can unlock upgrades to your weapons, which, and this is complete conjecture on my point, my part, um, is there going to be a little bit of an overhaul on the ways that you can get stuff? Is there going to be a, uh, a way that you can collect as per usual, grind out for those engineering materials or might there be an alternative um, unlocking mechanism where you can unlock upgrades that way? Jan? Yeah, just thinking about the unlock. Um, do we think it, it'll be an either or or do you think you'll have to unlock the relevant engineering upgrade before you engineer it? So, for example, do you think we'll have to do X amount of sabotage missions, for example, before we unlock the space helmet of lightness or whatever you want to call it? Or do we think it'll just be the unlock is the materials? Personally, um, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be the unlock with materials. But mm-hmm. um, uh, the one thing that they have said is once you've applied one of these upgrades, that's it, it's locked in. If you want to apply a different upgrade, you have to go and you have to buy a different suit or weapon and then get that upgrade applied to that weapon. There's no once the engineer's got in and done his jiggery pokery, you can't undo it. I'm just thinking, why can't we unlock things using a, a variety of techniques? Some of it, yeah, sure, give me ten widgets and you can have this. But other things, instead of ten <laughs> widgets, it might be you know I need you to deliver some slaves to me or something like that. Or other things might be. Yeah, I need you to prove yourself in combat or, you know, just like with the engineers at the moment, they've got a variety of checkboxes that they need you to go and do to make sure that you're worthy. I think it'll be exactly the same. Shan, you got something about unlocked? Yeah, I was just thinking what Ben was saying is that because if you look at the engineers at the moment, you have to provide them with modular terminals or X amount of tons mined or whatever it is to unlock the engineer. And I'm wondering if that is what the unlock will be, you have to unlock a suit engineer by doing X, Y, and Z, or providing some cargo or scans. So you basically... I suspect, you'll be, sorry, I suspect it'll be, they'll be keeping the game, the game loop the same and you unlock the engineer, but 
you know, we'll see I, later, I guess. I feel like there is something extra that's coming just on, on the way that they've worded it or the way that they, and um, especially during developer diaries, they mentioned you would be able to do this and then you would be able to do X, Y, and Z um, and unlock things as you went along. I'm sure that was the wording that they, they had with it. And it was something that stuck with me for a little while. Well, since I've seen it now, and I'm just thinking maybe maybe there is um, a different, not even like a different grind, but a different sort of like angle, angle to look at it, maybe. Okay, Sean? Yeah, well, if we are, if they are moving the game more towards an MMO open world structure, um, which all the indications are, um, they are, then you would have kind of need to do certain quests or certain things like that to unlock or whatever it is. So I can so rather just being unlock the engineer and you get that, I, I can see it being much more MMO style of unlocking mm. things, I think. Right. We'll find well, out in a week. Yeah, well we yeah, we will find out in a uh, in a week about um, suits. Well less than a week now to be honest. Um the next thing that they, they showed has been the energy link pistol. Now we saw this being used uh, in the uh in the demo that uh or the gameplay demo they did. Um it's uh, the their official description is the energy link tool transfers energy between the user's suit battery and the target socket and it'll also discharge powerful electrical pulses over a short distance. Um Obsidian Ant also noticed that this thing has multiple modes, so that'll be interesting. Um does anybody think that this electrical pulse might also be used as a I don't know, a stunner? Yes. Yeah, it looks a bit of a strange tool because it usually needs a prong i would have thought if it's going to use as a weapon it's a way of focusing the beam or whatever it is because if you look at the design just a flat head so it looks as though it plugs into something and you give it a shock rather than being fired at something so i just just puzzling design it doesn't have a if you're going to use it as a weapon to stun then i would have thought it would have had some kind of gun sight or something on it well it could be a melee range weapon they said there aren't any Whilst I, I really, really hope we do get stunning mechanics, the last I heard was that stunning people leads to the potential to execute people, which leads to an 18 rating. And Frontier need to work that mechanic out to make sure that we can't kill someone who's stunty. Well, yeah, I think that's the they, could, they could actually just say it, just do a bit of hand wave him and say, right, okay, yeah. once someone's down, that's them down. and. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, but, but hold on a minute. But hold on a minute. If there are games that I've played, and sure other people played, particularly where you, where you have a CC, or you have a stun mechanic, or you can you can freeze a opposing player, or do something to prevent them doing an action, they don't need an 18 Peggy rating just to just to prevent an action by stunning. But they're also not FPSs. Yes, they are. Or they're third, they're third person. Games. I mean, drink if you like, but Guild Wars Two has stunning mechanics. Age of Conan. So does Warcraft. Has, has a um, stun mechanic. So I'm afraid to say I have to disagree. Most of the ones that you're discussing there, Shan, are M- MMOs. Uh, I mean, I thought that um, Dusex, which does have this kind of stun mechanic, in uh, I thought that was just a 15, so it'd be fine. But no, it. it Ben's right, it's an 18-rated one because of this issue that you could stun someone and then set off an explosion that could kill them later. 
but if you prevent them being killed, then the rating wouldn't apply, would it? Well, no, that's what I was saying. Maybe they're going to come up with some hand wavium that says, right, okay, once these NPCs are down and knocked out, they can't be hurt by something else. Maybe. See, I think it's a shame because I would have loved to go around the station with the energy link sneaking up behind someone and go... Well, just, that's that's what we're hoping will still be in there. We'll have to see. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's contact only. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the profile analyzer. Now, this is... Um, Basically, scan. It's like it's like the uh, what do you call it? The, um, the the kill warrant scanner. A scanner targets data for personal information, uh, but it can also be used to clone security profiles, so you can access restricted areas. I quite like the look of this one, even though it looks like something out of Ghostbusters. It's a bit obvious for a stealth mechanic, isn't it? Like if you're wandering around one of those in your hand, you think. Oh no, they haven't cloned anyone, have they? <laughs> yeah. No, but it is this guy. You know, it, it, all security personnel will have one of those anyway, because you know it's to scan other people. Are you okay? Beep. Yes, you're fine. Okay, off you go. Yeah, but you as you as a player wandering around someone else's base with one is a bit suspicious, isn't it? I don't think so. Not if everybody's got them. From the profile uh, scanning, we move to the art cutter, which we also saw in the uh, the gameplay demo. Now, this basically generates a beam which is specifically designed to cut through sturdy metal, but not sturdy arms, legs, or heads. <laughs> See, the, it stops at flesh, does it? So it's, 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 a, it's a, uh, a plasma beam of thousands of degrees Celsius that uh, is resistant to uh, stops when it hits flesh. Okay. Hey, yeah, it's a smart beam. You've got some, we've got smart bullets that they will only shoot at enemy ships. So why not have a smart art cutter? Or do you think if, like a lightsaber, that gets swung around like, like anything and never ever lops an arm off that isn't intended to be lopped off? I'm pretty sure that if lightsabers start lopping pieces off, that there's nothing that stops it really. Yeah, but if you look at all the acrobatics for Jedi's and things like that, the way they swing lightsabers around, you're even learning about them, you think there'd be lots more one-armed Jedis around rather than just three. It all depends whether or not they've got the high ground. Right. Uh, next we have the genetic sampler. Now this is this is one of the first tools we saw, which was the uh, which, which everyone calls the Dyson Hoover. Um, the genetic sampler collects and indexes samples from simple living organisms. So yeah, that's I'm sorry, if you point that at me, I'd probably be more scared of that than the cutter, to be honest. It looks like a head massager, doesn't it? It looks like it's due to so you put it over someone's head and it like massages their scalp or something. Actually, knowing you, Shan, it would be a head crusher, because it's one of these jaws that would just clush. A crush. drill. It just drill into the skull. Uh, Lobotom- genetic lobotomizer. Yeah. It just reminds me of Marathon Man all of a sudden. I'm so I'm so desperate to see how this one works. Like, see it actually in action as opposed to just seeing a still of it. Because it genuinely does look like that. It's going to come out like a big giant claw and just grab at something. And I need to see it. It could do, couldn't it? You could, it could be like a, uh, like one of those grabbers in the mm. old amusement arcades where you grab hold of a sample and it just drops out at the last minute when it gets close. Well, it's not going to be very good then, is it? Maybe this one won't be programmed to do that. Actually, it reminds me of... For those people who have read The Expanse, in the one where they're all on Illus and 
the scientist there is going off doing all this probing stuff. And yeah, I remember one, there's one time she, she goes off and looks at a mimic lizard who's just eaten another thing. And then she just kind of like grabs the two of them while it's being eaten. And then like, I'm sorry, this is for science. Oh, yes, yes. I've seen, I remember reading that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Expanse has got that in the TV series yet. It doesn't have it in the TV series, no, they didn't Ah, do that. Right, gotcha. Um, uh, I don't even think Mimic Lizards made it in, unfortunately. Mm. But the the idea of the scientific probe that they use in the book, it like sort of like goes out, grabs an area, and then sort of yeets it in, and everything goes into a state of death, basically. Yeets it in. Oh, someone's been talking to the youth, haven't they? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> you the can t- I keep telling <laughs> you. You've been playing Roblox too much. <laughs> <laughs> Roblox, rather. Um, yeah, the next one. The next one that we have is the uh, Supertech Artemis Explorer Suit. Now, it's specifically designed to help pilots investigate and research brand new worlds and biological life forms. So it will go hand in hand with the uh, genetic sampler. Uh, I'm looking at this, and there seems to be a massive pack on the left-hand side of of the suit. I'm just wondering that's if that's where the sampler actually goes. Well, the one in the middle has got a big fanny pack, haven't they? Is the Explorer suit the one that's built for stealth and lockpicking and infiltration and things? I think that's the scavenger suit. The Explorer suit is just there. It will, from what I understand, it's you'll have longer range, longer battery, and be able to survive in environments a bit better, uh, or for longer, rather. Uh, but as, if you took that into combat, it, you get shredded pretty quickly. So do you think the the fanny pack is a big battery then? No, I was saying that the fanny pack, that's where the um, the genetic sampler would be. Or is it the rucksack? Well, the rucksack's supposed to be a jetpack, isn't it? We've seen the new jetpacks. Don't know. Find out, I guess. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then we have, yet again, uh, the controversial frag grenade, which uh, is an explosive grenade that will damage everything within its blast radius. Looks a bit thermal detonator to me. Uh, it looks, um, no, it oh, doesn't look anything like a thermal detonator. Looks exactly like a thermal detonator. No, it hasn't got the little glowy red lights that go around the circumference of the uh, grenade, does it? Well, it'll certainly make you glow up if we throw it at it. So, I mean, yeah, a grenade's a grenade, isn't it? Someone in the chat just says a holy hand grenade. <laughs> yes, you've got to go one, two, five, in other, in other words, to throw it properly. It, it does raise the question that what other kinds of grenades are we going to get? And then that could be... EMP grenades, wasn't it? I can't remember what things they've said, but it'll be interesting to see what we get. I wouldn't... I, I, I thought we were getting either EMP grenades or plasma grenades. I can't remember. We have something that affected shields, though, because if remember in the... Yeah. In the... Uh, we talked about this of the week, they talked about having grenades and missiles being able to attack ships. So it would be logical to have something that would take try and damage a shield as a grenade. Yeah, so an EMP against shields and then the frag against you. Yeah. Oh, so um, my next question is, can I have a class four grenade EMP grenade launcher on my Corvette that just fires 100 out at a time? That'd be funny if you could just chuck them out the back window, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're called mains, aren't they? And <laughs> uh, 2 you got something about grenades? Yeah, so I really like the design of this grenade. Uh you all know how grenades work, right? So basically, frag grenades, they when they explode, fragmentation is the thing that actually kills people. 
and if you look at the grenade, you know, they've actually designed it as such that it has specific fragments that are, that look like they're designed to explode away and injure people. Yeah. And that, so that, I really like that uh, that detail. <laughs> Although uh, in theory, you wouldn't... Kind of... Uh, you're saying something, Sean? I was going to say, when you mentioned about the, the fragments, um, you wouldn't need very big fragments to kill someone, would you? You just need to puncture their suit. Yeah, exactly. But that's on worlds that... You know, that have a different atmosphere or something. But on a normal world where you don't really need a suit, then I guess you would need some decent chunk fragment to actually kill them. On the topic of other grenades, uh, EMP to strip shields and then frag grenade to injure people. Uh, plasma does both, but not either of them perfectly. That kind of... Sounds like something that I would see, uh, considering you know, sort of what we've already got with ship. As that's one thing they mentioned a lot. They're trying to balance the combat uh, on foot to be similar to what we already have with combat with ships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to point out to the uh, to the chat room. No, this does not mean you can use the holy hand grenade against my bunny. Leave him alone. It wouldn't work. It would melt it. It's a Xeno bunny. It's not any old bunny. It's a Xeno bunny. So, <laughs> yeah, you got must, something more on these grenades, then, Sean? Yeah, I was thinking. Um, there was a mention of it in uh, in chat as well, and I was thinking about uh, you know we talked about stun mechanics. Well, an option or one thing that you use today is uh, flashbangs, being able to blind or disorientate a player. So that wouldn't necessarily incur a high Peggy score, would it? And if you want ways of stunning a player, if you had a, a flashbang or something like that, which would temporarily blind a player, then maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be a possibility, but um, they've never mentioned anything about that. So, yeah, the, we are now at um, six days to go. Uh, before the uh, before we get our hands on the alpha, um, however, I think it's only fair to mention that um, according to the news that we've had, specifically the article from January the thirteenth, they say they're planning to do a phased release. So the chances are we won't be getting Odyssey in one complete go. Um, it's probably going to be like the original uh, alpha that we had, where they unlock each section. Um, after they're happy with it? And do you guys think that's the right way to go? I think so. I mean, if if the purpose of the alpha is to actually test and give feedback, then it's precisely the right thing to do. And I think that's quite, that's a very good way of doing it. But I think also it should set people's expectations as to why we're actually playing it. We're not playing it just to get a look around and muck about and see if we like it or not. We're actually there to help Frontier produce a better product. I think it's actually the right thing to do. How many Anybody? of you actually played the um, played the original Alpha when Elite came out? Uh, it'll be me and Ben, definitely. Because I didn't, and I was just wondering what how that worked and what that was like. They had something called a pill, didn't they? It wasn't the bubble. It was like no. a... What what happened first was that the um, we started off with just the basic flight com uh, the flight combat all in a single player. Right. Then, they, then they moved to multiplayer where uh, there were these four scenarios and we all got sidewinders and we all, 
and we we could upgrade to Cobras, uh, but you you just basically hyperspace to each of these scenarios and try and get as much credit as possible so that you could upgrade the Sidewinder or to the Cobra. And then after they got that particular part down, they then moved to this five-system um, beta, if you like, which was this basically five systems where we would test all the trading and and all the combat and the combat zones and things like that. Then they'd moved it out to a, what was called the pill, which was a, basically you could see the entire galaxy, but you only had access to this one small section. I think it was about 50 light years uh, from end to end. Uh, and then finally they said, right, off you go. You, you've got two weeks to test it in the full galaxy, which I thought, oh, right, okay, I'll wait until it's been released and then start. And then just before they released, I said, ah, don't bother about that. We'll just let you carry on as you're doing. There won't be a reset, which made me lose two weeks. Not <laughs> bitter about it. I made, I made loads of money then. Yes, you did. And I, everybody else was about three or four ranks higher than me. Not my fault. If they'd said, we're not going to do another reset, I would have been matching with the rest of you. But no. I think in this case, it's pretty much certain there will be a reset. And mm-hmm. if, it is a, if it is a limited thing, if, you are, if they are progressing, as you said, Colin, you know, they're doing a little bit at a time and then expanding out to a smaller area, mm-hmm. does, do you think that implies we won't have our commanders as they are, but we'll be loading from scratch? It would explain why they haven't given us a date of a snapshot yet. Because normally by this point, we would have yeah. heard when the, when the snapshot was taking place for like, like we did for the, the fleet carrier beta. Um, we got, we got given that, that snapshot um, date so we could go, okay, let's rush and get everything ready, get into the places where we needed to be to mm. be ready for a fleet carrier kind of thing. Yeah, that has, ha- that has not happened this time. So, yeah, and also, yeah. if they were going to limit us to an area, they would need to move all our commanders back into that area because everyone's scattered all over the place. What I think, hope, pray we're going to get is, Dear Commanders, welcome to Odyssey, day one. Go. What, the you whole know, thing? Here, yeah, no, no, I think it'll be, it'll be, you know, welcome to the new commander experience. Mm-hmm. You, know, you are you know you are a new you are a new commander. Please create your avatar, select your skins, go through whatever tutorials, do the entire Odyssey new player experience kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and then we get into Odyssey. You know whatever the base is for Odyssey with no whatever the base commander is for Odyssey. Okay, uh, Ben. Uh, sorry, Sean. I was just thinking, Ben, when you when you were saying about that, I think you're probably right, actually, regarding how it would work and it's a new experience. But do you think they will carry over our account unlocks, so to speak? So, like, some of us will have got the Frexpo flight suit and we'll have bought other flight suits from not the... To, not to begin with. I think it'll be, you know, please roll a new commander. And also, with that in mind, they said that it's optional whether you start with a ship or not. Do you think they will start everyone on foot with no ship? I think they'll give... I think we'll get... You know, whatever they decide the new commander experience is for people who buy Odyssey and roll a new commander. 
whatever they decide that to be is, I think that's what we'll get. Right. Well, I think we'll just move on from the development news this week. Get ready. L-A-V-E Radio. In-game events. What has been happening this week? Um, well, on the 17th of March, uh, anti-NMLA intelligence unit was formed. The Alliance, Empire and Federation have created a centralized agency dedicated to investigating and eliminating this paramilitary group. Um, it's the um, Affiliated Counterterrorism Unit, or ACT. That sounds completely naff. <laughs> Any time there's a centralized agency, there's always like a rogue agent who wants to fuck the system because the agency doesn't listen to what they say. Q Jack 24. Nathan. Yeah, call, call, call 24 cliche here, you know? Yes. Um, if there is an agent in there that has got a, uh, a, a young teenage daughter that's uh, just due, just ripe for kidnapping we know that's exactly what's going to happen isn't it how many times was that poor girl kidnapped over those series ironically enough i'm watching season two of 24 at the moment (laughs) Uh, so thankfully in this in season two she only um, so right so the she's working as an au pair and then the family she's working for turns out to be an abusive father then she goes goes to the hospital. Then she goes to the police. Then she goes to the police. Then she goes to the police, and then she tries escaping from the police. And then the police catch her again. Then she goes to some weird psycho in the woods. Uh, oh, after a cougar tries to eat her. Yeah, the space cougar in this case. It'll be a space <laughs> cougar. And we're not talking about the empress either. Oh God! You you leave my empress alone. You leave my power play leader alone. <laughs> Well, is she or is she not a space cougar? Like I said, you 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 diss her at your peril. Did you hear that? I, I am allowing a full on hit from from the from the Emperor's Power Play Legion to go after Shan. How's that? Right. Um, on the 18th of March, medical supplies were needed for starport bomb survivors to reinforce their overstretched health services. Um, basic medicines and advanced medicines uh, to be delivered to three stars ports using uh, Kylo Ring, the Hebo system, Mackenzie Relay in Semius, and Davis Terminal in the Dumatra system. Um, now, the rewards for this seem to be quite interesting. For the for the Alliance side, which is the Hebo one, you get a um, you basically get a free T6. Is that a punishment? Yeah, but it all depends whether or not the rebuy is the same as what you pay for it. I think if someone offered me a T a T six, I'd give it back. A free treat T six means free rebuy. It means it's a free troll ship. Well, trolling me certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> it's Nacon, isn't it? It's gonna be no use to anyone. Sounds like it could be fun to park outside and with just one hit point, though. Does that still work? Yes. Uh, special bonus points go to anybody who can take Shan's ship out with a T six. <laughs> <laughs> Can we allow a keelback in there as well? Because a keelback's basically a T6. Yeah, there'll be people just ramming the free T6s into Shan's ship. <laughs> Five bombing swallows. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd love to see that. <laughs> uh, do you know what the rewards were for the uh, for the uh, Federation and the Empire? A 
hybrid armored and overcharged power plant for the federal one. It's only it's only a three, a size three one. And then there was a shield generator that was a size three shield generator for the Imperial, but thermal and kinetic, I want to say. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Thermal and kinetic. Do you think they're all designed to go on the three T6? They might well be, which is you know implies interesting things, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I feel like it's um the the type six is a better award than those two. I think they're rubbish. But you know, I'm not doing I'm done with hauling for a little bit, so Yes. Uh, I must admit I'm Well it's not really hauling in a T six though, is it? You're not really hauling any it's like it's it's like trying it's it's like getting a five P plastic bag from Sainsbury's after you forgot your bag for life, isn't there? Really? Well moving on from from that, on the nineteenth, um the private investigators Eric Gunnison and Francesca Wolf, uh those that um did a lot of work on the, the, the previous Halloween event, um they have reviewed the Neo Marlinist Liberation Army. Um, on the 22nd, ACT is now gathering intelligence uh, from the bombings of uh, from three superpowers. Uh, and we also have to thank Operation Ida. Uh, Wave Station was repaired on the very same day that all the fires were put out. Now, I've, we've got to take your hat off to them because they obviously like the brandy. Um, and we were expected to be operational this Thursday. Um, Thanks to the fact that we're broadcasting from the uh, the Lave Radio Bar, and that we've got a backup transmitter and so Lave Radio broadcasts have been transmitting as usual, and we're sorry about that. <clears throat> that that's actually really good. I, I I take my half after Ida and all the people who helped repair Lave Station because they weren't kind of they didn't repair Seoul. They think well, humanity's homeworld. We can let that burn for a bit. They didn't repair the Empire or the Federation, so too bureaucratic and whatnot. They didn't even repair the Alliance ones. They went to the independence of Lave, and I think that's a real credit to them. So thank you. Yeah, and we also we also have to thank, of course, the Hutton Orbital Truckers who we put have to thank it who did a shitload of trucking too. I was was going to get to that. <laughs> Psychic, go on, blow your own trumpet. It sounded like you were wrapping up. I did more. I did more than Ben for sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely saw that on the list. Yeah. And, you, and you my, my faction was second. Yeah, you rescued more people, I believe. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, I rescued more I, people and delivered more stuff. I believe. No, you didn't. Did I not deliver more no. stuff? No. Oh, sorry, my <laughs> my faction did. My. Faction. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think. Both, I, think <laughs> I think you're both missing the point. Or the main point. <laughs> I rescued people as well. Yes, Chad, you get a congratulations. I took part of mission as well. I get a special badge. Yeah, but yeah. I rescued people. I was nice. I was kind. I was humanitarian. I didn't sell many people to Etienne Dawn, you know, so. Yeah, yeah you were nice humani- uh, and humanitarian because they didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and two, you got something about the rescue ship? Yeah. So, um... Funny thing, if at any point while lav was burning and you hated trucking and decided to throw your ethics away, um, the rescue ship was buying medicines for, if I'm not wrong, 4,000, 4, sorry. So for 4,972. 
and uh, there was a system like one jump away, Tionsler or something, uh, Tionisler or something like that. Yeah, Tionisler. And that sold basic, yeah, that basically sold uh, basic meds for 40. A fully loaded T7 gets you 1.7, 1.5 million per one way trip. Okay. And that's about five minutes. Right. So at this moment in time, I have now been supplied by a massive list of all those people that helped. So first place was Hutton Orbital Truckers. Um, we, we have to thank um, everyone over at, uh, at Hutton for this. It's glad to see the our sister radio station did help with Orange Peel. Uh, the Privateers Alliance, Ob- yeah, Operation Ida, uh, the Star Sultans of Swagger, Ed's 38, Mobius PVE, and of course, everybody who is in the Lave Radio Network squadron for helping out as well. So that, that's the main, um, the main people. We also will thank anybody else who, who did make a contribution. It's always nice that Lave Station was the first to be fixed. And uh, we, we actually really appreciate being able to go back to our own offices. Um, so I don't have an office there. Right. The following station, well, all the other stations still need repair, I, d- I do believe. So um, people are, are dashing around trying to fix the other eight broken systems. But um, isn't there one station still burning in, in Seoul? Yeah, there is. Is it still burning? Yeah, it was it's oh burning God. at least until Thursday. Um, yeah, was- I think... I think there was a metric that certainly was maybe set a little bit higher for Seoul. I don't know. <laughs> Thinking that everyone would just like rush over there and try and rescue that instead of everyone going and helping out late. <laughs> you know? That's really funny. I, I think they should have it burning forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been back to Seoul since I went there on Friday, Thursday or Friday or whatever it was to gloat, basically. Um <laughs> And I might have gotten ganked in the system, but that's by the by. But, you know, I've not been back there since I was there to gloat. Right. <laughs> so, I think it is that time of the evening. Score alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your eyes. In the bi-weekly Thank you, GN Tracks. As usual, the store alert this time was lovely paint jobs for your Diamondback Explorer. Any any of those paint jobs jump out of you, even if you don't like the Diamondback Explorer? Why would I buy a paint shop for a ship I didn't like? I don't know. Maybe they're desperate. Maybe the paint job's that good, it will make you go, oh, I'd, I'd like that uh, paint job on my ship. In fairness, I will say the paint jobs have got a lot more detail um, from previous ones. You know, they've got more variations of the patterns and the colours and things like that. So in terms of quality of the paint jobs, they have got much better, even if the actual subject isn't anything that appeals to personally. I mean, I actually, I really like that black and orange paint job for the Diamondback Explorer. And I, I, I whilst I don't have a DBX, I love its silhouette and I love how it 
behaves. I just don't have any room for one in my... Well, I just don't have any need for one. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about the Diamondback Explorer is that it, it's one of those ships which, once you've got one of the upgrades, you don't need to go back to it. It's actually a really good upgrade if you're starting the game. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great ship. I'm not, oh, I'm not saying it's a bad ship. I'm just saying that it's one of those ships that, as soon as you've got past it, there's no incentive to go back. I feel mine today. Oh, it's like it. I love my DBX. I love it to pieces. I, I, I'm, 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 un, I'm unsure why I haven't bought that pink skin yet. It feels incredibly unlike me to have not not bought it yet, but I, I don't have it. But uh, yeah, I love my DBX. I fly it all the time. I will like choose to go back to it above other ships. Wow. Now that that's the first, I mean, I, I'd used the DBX for, for a little while, but for some reason I just, could it felt too flimsy next to the asp? So I'd always go back to the asp. If you're talking general purpose ships, it's actually pretty good because it's it's pretty cheap, but it also has a large hard point and two medium hard points, which means it actually packs quite a mm-hmm. a, a punch, particularly if you're in the um, resource zones, following the police around trying to kill stuff and making money and credits that way. So as a as a starter ship, it's actually pretty good. With like any decent engineering, you can get it to around uh, 40, around like maximum I've seen on Coriolis is 70, but that's when you engineer literally everything. Uh, A good decent amount of engineering will get you around 50. And right now mine's at 42. I mean, as an exploration ship, it's okay because, you know, it's got a bit low on internal space. Um, things, but for a, for a general buzzing about the bubble ship, you know, it's only what a couple of million. Yeah, I mean, That's- yeah, I, I can understand that, but um, I, I just have to point out that I mean the way that I, that I, it's the feel of the ship that I don't like. It feels too flimsy to me. I prefer something more solidly asp-like. I mean, does that sound weird? No, not at all. Oh. Uh, you like I mean, the DBX, not... but there's no asp. <laughs> yes, I'm a fan of my asp. Is Ben a fan of your asp? I hope not. Anyway, <laughs> is your asp full of methane gas? <sighs> I was right. going to say, is, is, is his asp around Uranus? Sorry. Right. Um, before this gets even sillier, we are going to take an advert break and then we'll come back with our main discussion. I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for 10 whole minutes while the Medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading run back to Seoul, and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps. Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? 
Carol and McGrath, taking on any case, playing the percentages. Joe, whoever is in charge of the alliance these days. Actually, I think it's Mahon, isn't it? I, I met you once at a, a party over at Lave. Did you know you look an awful lot like that Antonacci chap? From Cecil. That's me. I'm a Hutton trucker for the market. Is better. Regarding Lave, little place full of people, used to be yours, hasn't been for a while, and it's on fire. Or it was. On behalf of those ever so lovely people over at Lave Radio, they're good friends of ours here at Hutton, don't you know? I'm writing to you to clear up a few things. Number one, we really don't mind you throwing parties ever at Lave. The last one was quite good. If you remember, we met over a glass of gin or two for the mug. chat about your surname. You remember, I asked if you were from the Balearics or had an allergy to milk products. Lovely condiments your family make, by the way. Perfect in a nice sandwich. You ought to dip my chips in. Anyway, I think you want to fire your record keepers as they appear to be a little bit behind the times. A few centuries. You see, Laves, not yours. They don't want you. They think you smell. Number two. Your misguided belief that Lave is still an alliance system seems to have caused a little bit of a brouhaha. It seems like a bunch of bad people actually believed you. They set fire to the station because they think you smell bad too. Problem is that you went there, which means that they missed. And got those lovely people at Lave Radio instead. I mean, this safety officer has gone missing and that poor Eddie Lee Wise chap's not doing so well after his kilt outlet burned to the ground and his sporran got singed. Hey, I did that once, but that's a different incident. Number three, brandy. Particularly the very orange one they make over in Lave. Well, it, it nearly caught fire, and, and that would have been a disaster. Not least of which, as I'd have to put my false teeth in normal disinfectant at night, and it just doesn't taste the same for the mug. Yeah, actually, in a mug, but that's beside the point. And then we come to point D. 
Even after you threw the party and stuck your little flag in something that's not yours and convinced a bunch of terrorists that you lived there so that they could do bad things, you haven't even had the proper decency to include this ever so little but very well-loved station in your plans to help out all of the people who were hurt. And for that, we say that you smelled really bad, like cheese. Not the nice kind, the other kind. And it's been left out in the sun a little bit. So, on behalf of all of us, would you kindly disabuse everyone of the notion that you get any troll that you would leave? Unless, of course, you're sending help, in which case we might let you put up a little blue plaque or something, probably on the back of the cubicle toilet door. Yours sincerely, me. I tell you what, I'd better want to run to the NMLA, too. To the NMLA. From me, Cecil. Regarding the mess you made, would you kindly pack it in and bugger off? Please find enclosed a special bottle of gin that I took the trouble to filter thoroughly for you as a goodbye present. better. Lots of love, Cecil. Yes, I think that's succinct and to the point. Perfect. Now, where did I put the stamps? For the mug. Live Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Once again, we must thank the Hutton Orbital Truckers and, and Cecil in particular for contributing to uh, to the show today. If you want more Cecil, um, you can find him as a HCS voice pack. And I do believe all proceeds from there go to Special Effect, uh, the Special Effect charity, which is very close to all our hearts. So uh, if, if you want more of that, and of course... Um, his ability to make alternative suggestions to your piloting, then we heartily recommend it. <laughs> so, moving on from there, um, we are here for our main discussion. Now, this week, um, we asked a question about exploits. Now, this was uh, mostly due to the fact that we uh, we had a, something last week where, um, was it Hawks Gaming? He had a... A, a kind of unique way of making money by shoving his ship into a low combat zone with really high shields and the, the turrets set on automatic, uh, which generated quite a lot of money for him. Um, the, the main question is, we asked the forums, um, would you use exploits like this? Are there any things you consider okay that others consider an exploit? What is the too much? Uh, you know, basically what's taking the mickey. Um, does it make a difference that it's a multiplayer game? And what about exploits in other games? Um, right, Ben, you had something that you want to just kick us off with? When I'm playing multiplayer games, I don't use anything that I, I consider an exploit 
Uh, and what I take on an exploit is probably stronger than what I think most people consider exploits to be. I think it's, I won't do anything that I think breaks the intent of the developer's goals. So, for example, you know, back when we were playing the gamma of Elite Dangerous, rare trading was redonkulously overpowered, wasn't it, Shan? I've got no idea what you're talking about. And I considered rare what people were doing with rare trading and the multi-billions that they were making to be an exploit, and as such, I didn't partake. Um, and, you know, that got proven out that Frontier agreed that they also thought, hang on, this ain't right, because now, you know, uh, rares have got a limit on them. And, you know, you, you can still make okay money, but it's not ridiculous. Um, same idea went with a lot of other things in Elite, and there's always the, the credit of the, the, the quick credit of the month kind of thing, you know, going up to, we, we had the egg fairly recently, things like that. Uh, and I've just, I've never joined in any of these. But, on the other hand, when I play single-player games, you know, RuneWorld's a key example, or Mass Effect and things like that, you know, I just cannot be asked with the the material grinding for them. I like, you know, in RuneWorld I enjoy the base building and things like that. And, you know, so if I need 10,000 wood to go and build a base I like the look of, I'll give myself ten thousand words to give myself to give myself the base I look at, um, and so I do with Mass Effect. I just you know I, I just go and give myself all the mats because it's just an, it's an aspect of the game I don't care about. Um, Why am I surprised that you said you wanted so much wood? Well, I like ironwood as well, <sighs> and oh, advanced components—they're a bear to get. Plasteel's awesome. Do you like rubber as well, Ben? For the puncture repair kits. No, you don't get rubber, rubber in Rimworld, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Would you have considered that particular thing, that particular activity, an exploit? To be honest, I actually don't think I do consider it an exploit, because it's basically it's, it's intelligent gameplay, and it's not making you bajillions per hour, and it's something your ship can do while you're asleep. And you're also at some risk, if not a lot of risk. You, know, you go into a solo game mode... You go into a low low res area, and your turrets just take down any pirate who comes and, and scans you. If you if your computer's just sitting there, I don't have a big deal about it. Um, I mean, personally, to me, it feels a bit like botting. I wouldn't say it's botting because it's no, 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 you're not using any bots. Same, yeah, I know you're not using any any bots, but it feels like it's all automated. Um, Shan, do you want to quickly jump in? Uh, yeah, just want to touched on a few things that Ben was saying is on the whole I do agree with Ben is that there's there's a clear is this the intent of the developers for this to work and for example in a raid it's possible to glitch a boss so they get stuck behind a piece of scenery and can't ever reach you for me that's exploitative or rather cheesing gameplay that it doesn't require any particular skill it's just knowing how to glitch the, uh, the the AI, yeah. I mean, I'd say reverse key in Elite is the same sort of thing, really. Um, in terms of what Ben was saying about rare goods, and um, it's not like it was now, because if you remember, Ben, there was a limit to how far you could plot your course. So I don't even think it's as far as 100 light years. I think it was like 20 light years. So you actually kind of, you know, a journey of the 140 light years to maximum 
to maximize your profit from the revs was quite a feat. And you needed to have a at least a 20 light year Cobra, which again took a considerable amount of time to, to really get it to work. So it, it wasn't just like an I win button. There was a degree of skill and, and stuff in that back then. In terms of the turret, Thing. And I mentioned this last week with Guild Wars 1 and the 55 Monk build. But there's also, there was also uh, a, a trick, I'll call it a trick, where in one of the Guild Wars expansions, you had these AI players you could take with you and that you could skill and gear up and stuff like that. And if you got the, a clever enough build, you could sit on top of a piece of scenery and let them do all the fighting for you in which you gained rank points for a certain thing. So that's similar to me, that's similar in my mind to this turret cheesing thing. Now, I don't really call that an exploit either because it's still a degree of cleverness to get the build to do that. It's not just a, a press, you know, the button and win thing. So that's kind of a gray area. What I would say about, you know, there being no harm in exploiting or cheesing kills and stuff like that in a multiplayer game. I know Subaru and I have had a discussion about this a few times. Why well, I actually say, yes, that is an issue because stuff you do, although you know, if you can say, well, if I get a billion credits or 10 billion credits through this, I'm not actually harming anyone but myself. Well, actually, you kind of are because the way they balance these games is they take metrics of what's being used the most and what's being done. And that then reflects back into how the PvE game is balanced. So if someone's cheesing it and making it too easy, then the balance will be tweaked upwards to make it more difficult, which then negates using any other build or any other tactic because it's now been balanced to the cheesing mechanic. So it's not quite as simple as it doesn't affect anyone else. It affects the game balance, which then affects everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I've, as far as exploits are, con- are concerned, they're, they're, they fall into really two major classes. First, of, the first ones are genuine bugs where people exploit the bugs in the system, you know, like the engineering bug where everyone got fifth level modules for handing in uh, first level mats. Uh, I mean, those kind of things uh, were definitely unintended consequences due to bad, due to uh, problems with the code the real issue that we have is, is basically these use case these extreme use cases where um, they've obviously they're, they're not able to test every single use case because um, the the combination of them are in the millions and it doesn't take the player base long to actually find that one in a million use case that they can really hammer and, and get a load of money. And that's the question is, even though it wasn't intended, um, is should you take advantage of that use case? Now, I've always had a trouble with this or the automated turret thing because uh, you can just switch your, if you, you can just, there was this this issue where you've got two ships just firing healing beams at each other while all the rest of the turrets just take down the rest of a of a combat zone and and that to me felt as if well that's not really playing the game um and of course if you take out combat zones you do affect the bgs um i i i really don't understand why they had this automat automatic 
turret option. I, oh, it, it, it's just one of the things that I have a little bugbear about. Um, but I would say, as far as those use cases are concerned, it's up to Frontier to close them down and not... Uh, <laughs> If they think they're unacceptable, if they don't close them down, then you know people are going to carry on. Shan, you got a response then? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about. I completely concur with you. Is that it's Frontier's responsibility to fix such cheesiness? Um, but I was also going to ask the. It's almost kind of a a moral question. And I know people are going to be falling off their chairs right now, but. If you discovered a, a technique, let's say if you discovered a way of making 300 million credits an hour and you kind of know it's against the spirit of the game or you, it might be in a gray area that you can morally justify your, to yourself, would you continue using it until you've got everything out of it you wanted and then report it? Would you report it as soon as you found it or would you just wait for it to become well-known after telling your mates? letting them get what they want and then reporting it. Um, definitely the second. As soon as I discovered it, I would report it. But then again, that's because that's that's the kind of person that I end up being, which call it boring if you like. That's what I do. I'd sort of throw the question out to people, listeners as well, really, because I, I, I know there are people uh, who find exploits, use them to the max, and then once they've got what they wanted, they then put on the, uh, the halo and saying, well, look, I've reported this exploit after making etc. for themselves. In the whole ex- exploit, I've, and I've seen people comment on this on the thread as well, um, sort of like saying define exploit, because effect, essentially, if you want to re-log at a Guardian site to get more Guardian technology components, that could effectively be um, defined as an exploit as well. So, um, and you kind of is any, I, I kind of look at it like anything that makes you, you benefit by doing something that isn't fully in game. For example, going to a high grade and then logging out to make that high grade respawn again. That's exploiting game mechanic. So, um, I think we're, we're all maybe a little bit a little bit guilty of occasionally doing a relog to get something back in the day when people board flipped to get stuff. <laughs> that's something that they took away specifically because it had a um it was unbalancing yeah yeah exactly well dav's hope is there to board flip isn't it or log in log out again that's what the whole the whole thing around dav's hope relies on that doesn't it exactly and that's an that's an exploit that is exploiting the game you you you're no longer in the game your sense of immersion is removed by doing that so it's, it's tricky to say that there would be a blanket I, I'd never, I'd never make use of an expo- exploit because it's like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do do that. I wouldn't do the things that, um, uh, I wouldn't go out and sit with, uh, and with turrets going and all of that malarkey and be able to be AFK and do that. But um, back in the day, yeah, I, I, I did Healy's for Feelies to get some engineering materials. You know, it, and that's all. That's all exploiting that the game mechanics that were there at the moment. Going through the rest of the the forum thread. Has anybody got any highlights that they want to uh, to discuss? And uh, two, I guess I can offer a different viewpoint. Uh, I've been playing Elite for a very short time compared to like all of you, especially like Ben, who's been playing since Alpha. 
right? So for me, so is uh, Colin. Yes, and Colin as well, right? So I'll, I'll just read. I'll just uh, read out what I've written in the forum. So as a relatively new player, you know, I watch those get rich quick schemes, you know, relogs and other exploits. Uh, and a lot of people have mentioned it really depends on you know who's playing because Ben definitely wouldn't do those. But I'd happily relog HGEs to get mats or you know mine void opals, and I'd do it as long as F you know Frontier Dev didn't implement something or they just said it was okay. Uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, relogs were allowed by FDev. Uh, read it on a Reddit post quite some time back. And it was their choice to let that be a thing. And uh, I'm still a student, so I'm busy. I have a lot of project work and I have a lot of homework. And so I don't really have all the time to run all the way from Diego Andre to Ria to some other place, some other place to get mats and climb ranks and stuff. And so I just like to do the fun stuff like exploration and to have a good ship. Doing relogs just gets me there faster and fun. Like that. Uh, coming to other games, I've used trainers in Payday 2 because uh, it was so funny with all the dumb shit that you could do with trainers. And I only played with friends or solo, and I didn't get, I didn't really care about being labeled as a cheater. Because in Payday, once uh, the game detects that you're cheating, it gives a big red label on your name and says cheater. And I didn't care about that, so. I just had fun cheating in that. Uh, also, like Ben, I've given myself infinite money and tons of stuff in Cyberpunk. Because on your second or third playthrough, it's funny. But uh, I would like to just comment on what Slangeland said. And he said, I quote, I truly feel sorry for those who feel the need to cheat. The lives have become a means to an end instead of an experience of itself. I think that's very important because there's a difference in using cheats, like a controlled environment, like single player or co-op for fun. Keyword being fun. Dumb stuff like anti-gravity or guns that shoot chickens. But you know, it's a whole different ball game when you, were, and you use word.exe in a CSGO tournament, owning the name of your country and the entire community you represent. Looking at you, Nickel. Uh, Sean? Yeah, I think there's a definite differentiation between single-player games and multiplayer games. I mean, the thing that springs to mind is one of the things I used to love doing in the Command & Conquer games, which shows my age, but was editing the files to be able to, I don't know, get your APCs to carry 100 soldiers or the, the turrets to fire five times more rapidly than they should and basically or you get your lasers to shoot things halfway across the map that kind of silly mucking about for fun and to be honest i messed around more with the command and conquer files to make it do silly things than i did play the game but i enjoyed the game because i could mess around with the uh with the with the files and yet with a multiplayer game i'm much more cautious not necessarily because I'll get banned or anything like that, but because it is kind of self-defeating in a way. So single-player games, knock yourself out, do what you like, no one really cares. Multiplayer games, you do need to apply a conscience to how you play, I believe. And I know this seems rich coming from me, but this is, you know, serious now. 
Mm. Ben, were there any um, entries on the forum that you found interesting? I mean, I was going to mention some people's questions about third-party tools and things like that. You know, some people consider, let's say, let's say for sake of argument, we're looking for advanced medicines. Now, I could try and use the in-game tools to locate a planet with 700, or locate a station, rather, with 700 in-game medicine. Right. And wish me luck there. Or I could jump onto EDDB, and it'll go off and search through everywhere, and it gets updated automatically using Frontier's own log file. But it'll tell me, well, okay, go go to Bob's Hope, or whatever you want to call it, mm. and it's got 10,000 medicine. Uh, now, some people consider it an exploit, some people don't. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, the thing is that I've, I haven't had to use those ones because I know, in your example, yeah. I look for the, the, the high-tech, the closest high-tech system, and and I'll take a chance there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Psychic. I wouldn't necessarily say that apps, like the third-party tools, like EDDB and I, uh, um, Inara, would be exploiting, per se, only because, A, they're just compiling the information in a better way than um, Frontier is in their game. Um, and if anything, that information should be in the game and easily accessible. So there, I, I personally feel like everything is doing as a favour with that. There's, there's a, a line to draw um, where it's like, okay, we can re-log at a place but then doing anything, doing something that's a little bit more AFK, make money, exploit is 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 wrong. And I don't know, I don't know necessarily whose place it is to decide that. It should be frontiers. It should definitely be frontier. But um, then, if if something is considered an exploit and it's recognised, then it should be patched out really quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm a little busy at the moment as well, so you know. Yeah, I mean, I do remember when the game was launched and the, these sites came along, uh, they were definitely frowned upon by Michael Brooks, who was the, the project mm-hmm. lead at the time. He, he didn't like them at all because basically he felt that it was taking something away from the game itself. But I must admit, they've become second nature to me, especially uh, in ARA, because... Uh, there are times when you don't want to spend half your your game time flying around all the stations trying to find that damn one module that you need. I think if you remember the tools, I think the first tool certainly that I came across was uh, Slopey's tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember I remember that? that. And that was dodgy because it scraped the memory, didn't it? To the first iteration of it did, yes. And you got uh, slapped down for that. But, uh, and then you had to enter it in by hand. Yes, and then now they use the log file. So well, then you had an OCR thing, if you remember. You took a screenshot. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. So, so in the archive, you could take a screenshot. I think it was, and then send that off to the to it. And then so you, that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yes, story. yes. So if you if you're looking at you know the exploitometer, so to speak, if Frontier didn't want. EDB, EDDB and the like to exist, they wouldn't put the information in the log file. Surely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, originally those log files were, were really there for the um, the Apple app, wasn't there? Because there was a... An yeah, app- that's, yeah, that's where it started out life as. Yeah. 
Um, and two, you want to talk about EDDB? Uh, regarding that as an exploit, EDDB and all the other stuff, it's essentially like player-generated data. And, and then they, I do believe Frontier even has an API um, accessing do, logs yeah. and such. So, like I said, Frontier has basically allowed that. And that's their decision because it's their game. And they said, okay, stuff is completely fine. And uh, another thing is that, you know, it could be, is you know, some people do think that is kind of an exploit and uh, that 1.5 million uh, uh, run thing that I said earlier regarding the rescue ship. Yeah, I found that true EDDB. So, you know, sort of like that. But I guess it really depends because uh, for the first two or th- for like the first month or so when I played uh, Elite, I just didn't use it. I was like, I'm not going to use EDDB or stuff like that just for a month, just to see how it would be like. And in of itself is also quite fun gameplay, like trying to live in elite and work to elite rules and having that confinement uh, versus, you know, going out and searching up that information on EDDB. Again, just sort of listening in. And um, I think when it comes to the EDDB and whatever. We need to come back to the is it fun question because EDDB and its ilk make things easy, but it doesn't necessarily make it fun. And you have to ask yourself the question is what happens if there's an update that breaks the third-party tools? So I would say you need to learn how the in-game tools work first before you start messing around with third-party tools, just in case they suddenly don't work anymore or cease to exist and also it's, it's it's part of learning the game you know how to use the trade tools how to use the um the system state and indeed the uh system type to find and do certain things that's all part of the in quotes fun of the game so i, I would encourage people to use both right was there was there any extra uh, points that you saw on the forums that you you think you should bring to mind here just quickly scanning through there does seem to be a lot of um there's you know a define exploit i got one from ck naf uh, taking advantage of any ridiculous gold rush that fdev bumbles into is part of the elite experience you can even use major ones as like a timeline uh, what ck naf says in the past money making was like a proper slog what i heard uh and that will cause these gold these gold rushes to be flooded by players. So you'd have tons of money, uh, tons of gankers, mm-hmm. and tons of glorious fights. So they're like spontaneous community goals, and they produce great moments. But then again, some people think those are exploits, like Ben. Well, Wiki, uh, if you believe Wiki, that is, um, defines an exploit as the use of a bug or glitches game system rates, hitboxes, speed or level design, etc., by a player to their advantage in a manner not intended by the game's designers. So, Yeah, well, that, that also covers the not only bugs, but also the, these extreme use cases that, um, that I was trying to highlight. But, yeah, I mean, one of the, the interesting side effects of these kind of exploits is that... And as I think the uh, N2 was mentioning, is it does seem to bring players together in a kind of concentrated area. And surely that's a good thing. If if you could come up with 
you know, something a bit more like that. You know, the, remember when the, we we were all mining in the same place for the yeah. um, uh, for the overlap. Uh, that that place was flooded with players. the The chat was the chat window was absolutely flying oh, by. Nice. Was, yeah, it, there was great communication, um, and you know it, it felt like a serious community was happening there. And then ever since they closed down the stuff about uh, you know the triple hotspots and, and things like that, that's dissipated and it's kind of lost something. I, I empathise with. What you know, what the what the feeling is, but we have to also look at the other point. Uh, we we talked about it about game balance. Is that if you concentrate the players in one place due to one of these exploits, then it kind of has a knock on effect to all the other areas in the game because you then start thinking, well, you've got everyone all in one place, you can't sustain a game with everyone all in one place. You have to have something to try and encourage the players to disperse and then you then start thinking well do you nerf the reasons why people are there or do you give uh, encouragement for them to move somewhere else maybe make a quadruple hotspot or something like that so there's a game balance question that comes into account that's a side effect of having all the players in one place for a significant amount of time and mm. two like shan was saying right uh it is all about balance and one thing I've seen is I've basically gone my whole time in Elite not meeting any real human players, except for that one time where um, I think it was the first or second time that I ever came on Lav, or Lav Radio, and I met Ben on in-game. And there was just the other time where I had to call a fuel rat because I'd managed to not pack a fuel scoop on my way to Lav. So... That was about it. I've never encountered a human player ever since or before that. Are you playing in open so or private or where are you I'm playing? playing in open. I'm in, I'm okay. in open, complete open. And so I've never encountered human players. I'm just wondering if part of the reason why N2 isn't meeting a lot of us is because obviously you're playing in a different part of the world. So your ping time, you pinging me, is going to be significantly lower than pinging somebody else over in Asia or you know possibly even Australia. I don't, I don't know how their routing's going. Yeah, but I'd imagine an Asia pack player will find more Asia pack players. But I don't know how many how many there are. Even though we are maybe the third biggest podcast ever in Thailand or something. Number one in New Zealand, aren't we? Or number two in New Zealand? Oh, I can't remember. Have you ever been to Desia and two? Because go to Desia, I'm sure you'll run into somebody. <laughs> it might not be very friendly, but you'll run no, into them. We're just going to Desia, see what happens. I'm going to plot a route to Desia right now. I think uh, we shall now put out a livery to appeal. If anybody sees N2 flying about, please be nice to him. Please be nice to him. Give him a wave. Send him an 07. Let him know that you exist out there. Is your commander name N2 as well, or is it something... Yeah, yeah, it's N2G7. Right. So same as Discord. Um, Remember, nothing says hello nicer than a railgun. I can't believe you're sending him to... Well, let's hope that... um... (laughs) 
How many it, jobs it's are probably you? a matchmaking matchmaking issue here. That it's um, going to philosophy, not Etienne Dawn. No, you know what it means. It's sort of the the matchmaking system was is going to try and matchmaking to people who are local to him. And then I thought you meant that. Kind of, Dawn's kind of matchmaking. No, uh, yes. I think Ben was thinking of Space Tinder, Colin. Again, it's just there's no there's no end to it, is there? No, we did have some responses to this on on, um, on Twitter, which was basically normally no, no, <laughs> no, yeah. we're not, um, we're not exploiting at all. Um, there's only about five of them. Yeah. So I did like one person actually. He's like, you know, for legal reasons, I have to say no. <laughs> was that from Broadcast Cobra by any chance? Uh, I probably should let their name remain anonymous as well. Miggles has just said in, in chat um, he has to agree with N2. Asia Pac players do tend to see less players than people elsewhere in the world. And uh, he cites an example of trying to meet up with you, Ben, but that might be because you're behind the bike sheds and he's out front somewhere. That is down to the matchmaking system, isn't it? Because there's a certain criteria that you've got to be within a certain ping before you're included into the instance. So, yeah, and even sometimes I know sometimes even when you're winged in, your ping's just too high that they just like they nope you out. You can play elite via VPN, can't you? Yeah, I think so. So I'm just wondering as a test, uh, you could VPN to Australia or Asia Pac and see if you get instanced with N2 and then not use a VPN and see if the same thing happens. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, Vanity is suggesting we do live radio in Tagalog. Well, in that case, I should probably yeah. learn Tagalog. Probably. <laughs> He's also saying VPN is not going to help your ping. Well, yes, it will. Mm-hmm. It'll help us in the situation because if it reduces, if it increases... It'll, it'll, it'll increase ping. my ping. Yeah, so... Yeah. What, what the thought was, we you increase your ping sufficiently to be about the same as N2s, then you could, in theory, stand more chance of matching with him. Don't know, just a thought. Right. Um, well, we're going to move on from, from the exploit discussion. We'll just touch on a couple of things that have been happening in the community this week. Commander Massa has made a space shanty. Well, I've never heard this, so... So if you don't like shanties, people, then obviously you're not hip and trendy these days. So Space shandy. Could someone switch on his hearing aid? There once was a game they called Elite. Its world was huge and its graphics were sweet. So much to do and much to find. And so much, so much grind. <sighs> Twas in the year of 84 that Braven's game could first be bought. We hooed and out at wireframe ships and all his coding tricks. <sighs> Just wait till Odyssey comes. We'll fly and drive and run and gun. Look how far the things have come since 1984. It's not one game, but several games equipped for battle or for jump drive range. Play several hours, but it feels like one to get the mission done. I got my mug from Hutton Orbital. The length of the journey was remarkable. One free condor and a cup of tea, and that's enough for me. Just wait till Odyssey comes. We'll fly and drive and run and gun. Look how far the things have come since 1984. 
One day I'm hunting for a Thargoid pelt The next I'm mining in an asteroid belt As much emotion as I've ever felt And so much, so much grind Oh, just wait till Odyssey comes We'll fly and drive and run and gun Look how far the things have come since 1984 And if you've liked this song Just watch again and sing along And if you're going there Then like, subscribe and share Well, that was excellent. <laughs> that was great. I like that. Maybe it's our age and it's sort of the... The shanties seem to uh, appeal to us old people. No, it's, it sounds like the sort of song you'd hear sung in dwarven halls or something, wasn't it? You know, really. or sailor bars, really. To be honest, <laughs> I hear that shanties are making a big comeback among the youth at the moment. Yeah, that's why I said you. Know, if you're all young and hip and trendy, I know, right? Yay! <laughs> As to the youth, I can confirm that. He was a representative of the youth. <laughs> are, are, are you our resident youth demographic then, Enter? Is that what you are? You're, you're a token youth. Anytime Lab Radio needs the youth perspective, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Severine's got too old to be a youth now, hasn't he? <laughs> Even though he can now officially put his hair in a man bun. Yes, moving on. I think we shall hit any other business. Now, Ben, you have uh, something to say about uh, Saturday night. Oh, yes, I do. So on Saturday, when I don't crash into this upcoming star, on Saturday, I'm going to be on the, 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 the chat uh, podcast with WK Jez and Boss Lady B. And normally, system chat, it's very... It's it's not scripted, but it's very organised, apparently. And for this episode, they've basically decided, yeah, we chuck the script out the window and go. Uh, now, Jez is saying this is because he wants myself, Toko So, uh, Captain Archer, and Vithika. So Captain Archer is a star citizen and elite dangerous streamer, and Vithika did a third-party app, actually. It's not ED Discovery, uh, ED Observatory, which basically... It sends out an alert if you're if you're approaching somewhere that's like, hey, this could be of interest to you. Uh, which I thought that's a really good idea for for an app. You know, speaking about third party <laughs> apps, um, and yeah, basically, Boss Lady B and Jez have decided that on Saturday they're going to throw the, throw the rules out the window and just see what happens. So that could be interesting. Yeah, can can they handle the spontaneity that is Ben Mosswoodwood? Who knows? Well, I mean, I'm actually being half serious. Motherspoon and I wound up having a lovely chat that would have been, made a brilliant show on Saturday or Sunday mid-morning. Uh, but unfortunately, we were just too busy talking to each other to even think about it. But that's by the by, I suppose. Um, I, I, I think so. Um, yeah. What's this about Royal Blood? So, Royal Blood, the guys who did the Out of the Black which was the music used in the Elite Dangerous main trailer that we had, you know, the, the big cinematic trailer. Um, they're doing a concert in Roblox's Bloxy Awards on Saturday, I believe it is. Uh, and you know, maybe N2, as the youth, might have a feeling about this. 
Um, I always feel very dubious about logging into Roblox because it always feels like it's being played by people my son's age, and that makes me feel very, very worried. Especially I, when you're called, you've, your username's called Daddy Ben. Well, my username on Roblox is not Daddy. <laughs> not not, not Mummy, is it? <laughs> I, that's no. Uncle, isn't it? It's Uncle, Uncle Ben. <laughs> Very good with his I'm rice. I'm not a kind of rice. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to be intrigued what that says. And I, I, I almost want to log in because I like Roblox. I've bought, well, I've bought both of their main, their big albums. And I like a lot of their other songs as well that aren't on, aren't in the, in sort of like an album album. So, yeah. we'll see what gotcha. so like the singles, basically. And so well, I've just taken a listen like mini to album one of their songs. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. taken a listen to one of their songs. Um, I don't really know them because I've not really been in the UK rock scene for anything more than 20 minutes now. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. But, but honestly, the, the sound is really nice. Uh, Another thing that I do is music production. That's also why I kind of wanted to join a podcast because uh, audio editing can sort of go across the two fields. But I really like the sound and uh, Roblox, like I like Ben did mention, it really is a kid's game. It was made for kids to play. But uh, if you think about it, though, a lot of the developers are actually like 25, 26 compared to the general demographic that's so as far as we're concerned kids okay in that case yeah as far if you consider 24 25 kids then i'm probably a baby a a newborn at that point basically yeah i think i think you've got to remember that both me and shan could probably be the same age as maybe your granddad so I beg your pardon. <laughs> not a shan dad. <laughs> not a sh- shan dad. Psychit, <laughs> would you like to mention what's happening to you on Saturday? Yeah, I will. Um, my uh, stream team, Flight Assist, you may have heard of us. We do another podcast as well sometimes. Um, we're having a round table for Odyssey on Saturday night, much later than um, yours, Ben. Um, but um, it's starting at 11 over um, on the Flight Assist channel. We're doing our second roundtable um, because I forgot to record the first one because I'm bad. At- <laughs> oh, no. Um, that, just FYI, that should be an opt-out rather than an opt-in option, Twitch. Sort your act out. You, you can't, there's no way, you've got no way to recover it. Nope, no way to recover it. It's fun, um, it's fun, it's excellent times. Excellent times, super happy about that. But um, yeah, no, we're doing another one on Saturday night um, from 11 11 p.m. talking about like Odyssey expectations because Odyssey's on Monday, so it's right around the corner. (laughs) We can get excited about Odyssey coming on Monday, can't we? Uh, Well, I've actually booked Tuesday off. So okay, okay. Yes, there's there's the good old uh, never play on patch day kind of kind of thing. Um, Okay, another couple of little any other businesses um star wars squadrons um for those of you who uh, claim this thing on twitch you can now claim your own purple helmet i'm sorry a helmet which is purple you can claim them on twitch I, i'm just telling you that there are helmets which are purple available for free uh, for star wars squadrons if you use twitch so, so there you go have you got a purple helmet colin uh no i've yet to claim mine <laughs> 
Yes, and uh, finally, we do have to uh, give a shout out to Parallel Rules. For those of you who are missing uh, our souverine, you can find him over on the Parallel Rules uh, uh, podcast, doing a fantastic job of a snot-stealing goblin. It has to be heard to be believed. Right, does anybody have an idea of what we could ask for the community question? So just for a bit of fun, uh, we'll go with the D&D question. Which D&D class do you think matches which Lave Radio crew member? Why is it always us? Why can't we just pick on a squadron in the community or something? Because basically the, the amount of people that have said necromancer for you is quite surprising. What? If nobody's got any other business, I will round out the show with the, the, the usual shout-outs. So, first of all, um, big hello to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. They broadcast on a Thursday at 8.30. Uh, you can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you want the audio, just go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Uh, we'll also give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared. Uh, so there's Loose Screws, Elite Week, um, Flight Assist? Heard of him. No, uh, um, for the Spanish speakers, there's the Elite Cast, there's the Canon Podcast, the Fatherhood Podcast, Squeaking Fuel, System Chat, uh, the Guard Frequency, who do other space sims as well, and Allograb AM which is an Elite Dangerous podcast. Um, for those of you who want a literary discussion about science fiction uh, and fantasy books, uh, please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast, which was created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. And following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetle Jude, uh, her who, who has been doing some fantastic... Yeah, actually, I'll give a shout-out specifically to Commander Beetlejuke, because if you go on uh, onto YouTube uh, and find her YouTube channel, she, you will actually see her doing um, uh, actual time delay of her, her painting artwork or painting models and i think i think that's absolutely fantastic and you can it's great to see all this these fantastic pictures that have been appearing suddenly come to life as, as she pa paints them live on our youtube channel um so we'll also thank all those who have chipped in on the twitch chat and uh, on youtube and on uh uh, Facebook as well, because we'd also like to put special thanks out to Commander Tokoso, who also created the music for the introduction of the show. Um, yes. But apart from that, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio. Or you could also join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Um, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT uh, and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Shan. Thanks to Psychit, thanks to Ben, thanks to N2, and of course, thanks, special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But I suppose as of next week, we can say you can walk safe. <laughs> if you can't do that, 
Fly Dangerous. Forget the Uranus talk. This is the new outro in action. You've been dying for something to replace your Uranus. (laughs) According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. That sounds like every climate summit for the last 10 years, doesn't it? Brilliant. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? I don't know. I'm quite attached to this one, to be honest. (laughs) I I think that is the truest thing I've heard you say. Uh, And no, Shan. Oh, okay. I'll start with the the, the positives. Yeah, that that butt clenching really was awesome. Right. Interesting. Um, Personally, for me, um, I was just actually glad to see it going to be burnt in my brain forever. Good stuff. Galnet News Digest, 23rd of March, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Ida gets ideas. Sirius dodges security payouts. The portable eyeball remover. The scribbling senator speaks out. Ida gets ideas. With Operation Ida sweeping through the damaged starports at a rate of pretty much one per day, it won't be long before all nine damaged starports are back in one piece. That's assuming the Federation can get the fires in Li Qingzhou under control before Thursday. The stations repaired so far are Lave Station on the 19th, Dublin Citadel in Gateway on the 20th, Sean Market in Camadeno on the 21st, and Ito Orbital in Ria will have been repaired by the time this bulletin is broadcast. If everything goes to plan, the stations will have all been repaired by Saturday the 27th. What used to be an almost Sisyphean station repair task completed in record time. So, 
What will Operation Ida and all the other repair organisations, squadrons and wings do once the repairs to stations have been completed? Will they start repairing things that aren't broken? It's a terrifying thought. But no, Operation Ida has something far more fascinating up its sleeve. It's creating art. It's a little-known fact that those yellow screens on the outside of stations are there to conceal the artwork Operation Ida is installing. Dublin Gateway will be painted entirely beige in honour of politician and amateur mixologist Edmund Mann. The Prime Minister's signature good looks and quaff of black hair will adorn the side of the station. A giant image of the Emperor playing croquet will bestride Sean Market in Camadeno. And a sharply dressed shadow president, Felicia Winters, will enhance it orbital in rear. In the lave system, huge images of the lave radio crew will welcome commanders arriving to collect their allocation of lavian brandy. There will be a 30 metre tall image of Commander Adler Weiss painted over the windows that surround the mail slot, which lucky inhabitant gets to peer out at the galaxy from Ben's left nostril every morning. There will be a giant Shan holding a This Way for the Mystery Tour sign. There will be a facsimile of Commander Phoenix Defire holding some of his giant miniature spaceships. And there will be an enormous Commander Psychit at the controls of the Orange Sidewinder looking just a little disgruntled that it doesn't handle like a Corvette and simultaneously looking up shipbuilds on ED Engineer. In unrelated news, following information that was released that the bombs that so badly damaged nine starports were assembled on the stations, commanders are requested not to take any contracts from the mission board, asking for the source and return of 30 tonnes of assorted Thargoid body parts. Sirius dodges security payouts. The Sirius Corporation, together with the Federal and Imperial Navies, have been accused of taking unusual measures to avoid having to pay out the rewards for bounty hunting during the two weeks of the truncated Galactic Summit. The Spirit of Laylap's megaship, which is the only place the rewards can be claimed, has been moved from Sirius to Leuton Star and hidden in the rings of one of the gas giants to make it harder to find. But those commanders who've gone to the effort of locating the megaship, soon find that their troubles aren't over. The spirit of Laylaps is moving through the dangerous boulders of the ring at an estimated two kilometres per second, fast enough that not even the most finely tuned steed is able to catch up with the megaship. The only way to land on it appears to be to drop out of supercruise at high speed and faceplant into the side of the station. The Sirius Corporation and the Federal and Imperial Navies have been contacted for comment, but have so far refused to answer the call. Appeals for assistance to the Pilots' Federation have so far fallen on deaf ears. The Spirit of Laylapse, the megaship named after the hunting dog that always caught its prey, has turned into the Tymesian Fox, which, as evidenced by the straggle of spaceships, boosting hopelessly after it as it orbits can never be caught. The Portable Eyeball Remover The Pilots' Federation has been getting all excited in the countdown to the start of the Odyssey Permit Alpha Trial, which is now less than a week away for those with the PC flight control system. 
but unfortunately still around six months away for ships fitted with the Xbox and PS flight control systems. Not only have they been posting numbers suggesting a glacially slow rocket launch, they've also been showing off some of the useful tools commanders will be able to make use of when they get out of their ships and walk around on foot. Some of them are particularly useful for those commanders wanting to be a part of the local economy in the newly accessible surface sites. These are the tools they have proudly shown off to their members. The Barcode Scanner Manufactured by the Energy Link Corporation, the barcode scanner is used at supermarket checkouts in all settlements. They ensure that shoppers can be charged quickly and accurately for their purchases and will be an essential tool for commanders wishing to earn a few extra credits with a part-time job. At settlements in a state of anarchy, the barcode scanner can be used to hit ram raiders repeatedly over the head until they pay for the goods. The Pricing Gun this handy tool is used to apply pricing stickers to food and other consumables at the settlement stores. The basic model can only produce labels that say 1 credit 99, which makes it useful in the 199 shop. But if you take it to an engineer, you can have it modified to print different labels for values up to 9 credits 99, allowing you to make money from your part-time job far more easily. The extendable rope machine. This device works as an extending dog lead and skipping rope. Used in conjunction with a grappling hook, available only from the engineers, it can be used to climb vertical buildings if you don't have an SRV handy. This enables the Mission Impossible mission type, where you enter the building through skylight and attempt to steal the void opal without triggering the laser beam alarms. The Dyson Multitool. This versatile multi-tool is primarily used for removing the stones from olives, but it can also be used to painlessly and easily remove eyeballs for cleaning. When a special engineering has been applied, it can also be used as a, a massager for use in the privacy of your cockpit. It's handy during multi-crew when you want your crew member to hurry up, but it's also apparently a highly satisfying solo mode. <laughs> The scribbling senator speaks out. Senator Drew Wagar of the PRISM system, widely known as the scribbling senator, has spoken out in no uncertain terms about the terrible injustice meted out on the Galnet News Digest outlet. Galnet Digest had approached the Pilots' Federation offering to make fun of the forthcoming Odyssey landing on planets, Alpha Permits and to be as generally negative and counterproductive as it could possibly be. But the Pilots' Federation unaccountably turned the request down, rudely suggesting that Galnet Digest buy the permit just like everyone else. This is clearly contrary to the Galactic Human Rights Convention, as well as being contrary to the principles of freedom of speech. Senator Wagar, who as well as writing history books is also an accomplished lawyer, agreed to take up the cause, describing the Pilots' Federation action as an outrage and arguing that it is positively Orwellian for the Pilots' Federation to refuse to give out free permits on the flimsy premise that Galnet Digest is an entirely undesirable entity. It's just like if an NMLA terrorist answered yes to the are you a terrorist box at federal immigration. Denying them entry on that technicality would be an utter travesty, completely counter to their human rights. 
Any bombed starports that might result from allowing them entry would be an unfortunate but acceptable consequence of permitting the terrorists inalienable freedom of expression. The good senator's mood is described as apoplectic. Meanwhile, the well-known literary critic Yamix has written to Senator Wegar, describing his history books as total shit, his plotlines as thin as tissue paper, and the characters as shallow and unconvincing, and asking for a free signed copy of the next one. And that's this week's Galnet News Digest. Galnet News, we bought the Alpha Permit. And if you want it, you have to buy it too. But it can also be used painlessly. <laughs> but it can also... But it is handy during... Multi- it is handy. It is handy during multi <laughs> It's handy during multi-crew when you want your crew member to hurry up.